great. Okay. You can do it. It's going to be fine. <laughs> I feel like you're telling me that just as much as you yeah, need to hear it. Yeah, it is. So yes, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to My Therapist is Out, an open space therapy collective podcast. We are your hub for queer and trans mental health care. Each episode, we'll speak with one of our therapists or collective members and chat about a mental health topic using a queer lens. And I am your host, Renee Johnson, licensed professional clinical counselor, art therapist, and founder of Open Space Therapy Collective. This week, we are speaking with OSTC therapist, Kristen Crow. Kristen is a licensed professional clinical counselor, board certified dance movement therapist. Kristen specializes in working with individuals, couples, poly, ethical non-monogamy, and sex therapy. Welcome to My Therapist is Out, an open space therapy collective podcast. We have our lead therapist, Kristen Crow, with us today, and we are talking about how the strong one can affect your mental health. Being the strong one? Being the strong one. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What... I mean, this is a big one, and what comes a lot is like, I'm independent, I'm resilient. I How? can handle it, I can yeah. do all the things. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't need to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also then in our society really like backed up by like the whole bootstrap mentality. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And so we get really used to thinking like, oh, I, I can be the strong one, I am the strong one, I don't need anybody. If I do need anybody, it means that I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How else do you see that showing up? I feel like it, it, it's a twofold thing, like even um, asking for help in society, like you feel that you're weak, but then people also start to perpetuate that thing. Like you ask for help for one thing and sometimes people then make assumptions that you need help for all sorts of other things. And then that's a self perpetuating cycle. But also like the strong thing, like if you never ask for help, people also stop checking on you. And mm-hmm. so when you need that, it's harder to ask. So I feel like it goes in both directions. Yeah, that's a really good point. So like people assume you're weak and then just continue to help you even though you don't need it. Yeah. And or they, you do need help but nobody's checking on you because it's, oh, Kristen's got it, that's fine. Yeah. Or even like to the help point, like not even like keep helping you it's just assume that you need it and Mm. so like they're not going to come to you for this because you can't handle that kind of thing yeah yeah you can't handle it Mm -hmm. which is a rough thing to hear from people i feel like both things are rough things to hear Mm -hmm. (laughs) like oh well you you got this you don't need any help and you're like well now i don't feel like i can ask for help because you've already assumed that i got this and now i feel terrible if i do yeah yeah so with both of those ends of the spectrum, we'll call it. Sure. Um, what are some of the consequences that you're seeing in people who don't get checked on and people who get assumed that they can't handle things? Uh, I feel like the, pe- like the sh- um, I feel like heavy air quotes, but on the mm-hmm. strong end of the spectrum, like it leads to being like really burnt out Mm-hmm. Right? It feel you feel overwhelmed, you feel exhausted all the time, and then you kind of start to wonder like why are things falling through the cracks? I can handle this. I'm supposed to be able to handle this because this is what you know, mm-hmm. the story that we've been told. Um, and then on the other side, it turns in like the heavy air quotes again, the weak side. It's um, you know, like 
well, I can't handle anything. And I like now I'm, I've got like learned helplessness mm. and I, uh, everything, I don't know how to make the right decision. I don't know how to do mm-hmm. the things. And so you start to doubt yourself. So I guess they both start to lead to doubt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and like, as you're saying that a lot of isolation. Yeah. And a lot of like, I'm, can't make any decisions for myself. I feel so alone here. And also I, I should be able to handle all of these things. I'm so busy. I, but that leaves you really alone and leaves you working more and doing more and mm-hmm. not being with other people. Yeah. How do you see this just showing up in career spaces, in family dynamics? Where where are you seeing it showing up? How is it showing up? I feel like that shows up everywhere. Like yes, in career spaces, right? Like. I'm going to use you and I as examples again. (laughs) But, you know, like we've created our own spaces and I feel like a lot of times we're like, no, we can handle all the things. And you're like, no, no, eventually I'm going to hit something where I'm going to need to lean on someone. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's been a process for both of us to Mm -hmm. learn. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like in your family, maybe you're the one who, I'll shift away from us, but like maybe, maybe, um, in your family, like you're the strong one and everybody comes and dumps their problems on you and you're the peacekeeper and you're the one who like has to handle like, you know, all of the things because that's, that's the role that you've started playing. And then you're like, well, I can't take my family stuff outside, right? Cause it's my family stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, don't air your dirty laundry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a huge cultural piece. <laughs> <laughs> and then depending on your culture, you can't go to therapy either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot in there. So much. Yeah. What, as you've been working through it, like in starting your own business and in being somebody who gets a lot of satisfaction out of your, what you're doing, where are you finding that voice being really loud and what are some things that you're doing to help be like no this is an area I I can ask for help and I do have a support system that will actually step in um it ended up being a bunch of people who I love and trust telling me like hey you need some sleep (laughs) (laughs) thank you um and yeah and also realizing like finally getting out of my own ego and be like, I don't know everything, mm-hmm. um, which kind of turned into the, I don't know anything space. And mm-hmm. so that was fun. Um, yeah, it's a balancing act. Like, I feel like I always come up against something that like, I really have no idea. And I'm like, someone else can do it better. And it's going to be easier for them to just do it than me spend 45 hours researching the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I mean, uh, nod to why we've got a great team of people that helps us do all of the things, Thanks. including this. <laughs> um, but it, you also bring up a good point of that swing from like, okay, I'm really struggling in doing this. Maybe I should ask for help. Oh shit, I can't do anything. And now, why did I think I could do anything to begin with? Like, and switching to that isolated, staying in that isolated feeling, but going to the other end of it. Yeah, I I always think about it as like big fish, little pond, and like little fish, big ocean, and you're just like, oh shit. (laughs) Right, so like you're ready to make that leap, but then like you have to figure out how to grow into that space, and so like getting the help, like you, 
this turned into a really weird analogy because now there's no like sink or swim thing, <laughs> but like that's all that's coming to my brain. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a really different mindset, right? Like to yeah. be able to ask for help or in, if the flip, if you're somebody who's not used to asking or if there's somebody that is really used to asking for help or having people help them, whether you're asking or not, mm-hmm. to start doing the opposite, to start saying, hey, you know, I, I actually got this, thanks, or I need help, This I'm over my head, and not completely flip to the other side, but do it in small ways that doesn't keep you isolated, but keeps you connected mm-hmm. to the people that you're engaging with. Yeah. Yes. And the the work that you have to do to your nervous system mm. to kind of like help regulate that, right? Like if you are, if you're gonna set that boundary of like, no, I got this, then like, what is that gonna bring up for you? And if you're gonna ask for help, which is something that you're not gonna do, like regulating around that, like, are they gonna see me as weak? Are they gonna, like all of that internalized, uh, internalized stuff that we bring in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some areas in the body, like as you start to make these changes, to really check in with your nervous system? Like everybody's different, yeah. I realize, but <laughs> like everybody is different. Yes. What What are some common things or some telltale signs if we're like zooming out a little bit to notice if your nervous system's getting a little off? I feel like the biggest thing to track is like your breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, are you starting to breathe like really well? Is it just is it different? Mm-hmm. Is your breath different, uh, faster, shallower, or even just like I'm sighing a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> or even yawning? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, your body will yawn when it wants more oxygen, which is often like the hey, slow down a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, you yawn when you're sleepy, but you know, different. Yeah. Um, that. And then um, racing thoughts mm. tend to be a really common one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll find myself holding my breath a lot, uh-huh. which I think is a like usually a big, like, I'll be at the computer being like, okay, I got this. <gasps> <laughs> and realize after I don't know how long, because I've been too zoned in and blacked out. You start to pass out in yeah. your chair? Yeah. I'm just like... <sighs> Oh, wait a minute. That's that's <laughs> heavy breathing is not okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So holding your breath is definitely one. It's kind of like I'm going to dive in and I'm going to hold this and we're just going to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, wait, I, need, I need a second. Right. Yeah. When you notice that the breathing is different or the racing thoughts are happening, what are some things that can be helpful in that space? I will. I feel like if I see it in clients, um, or even with people, it's everybody hates this phrase, but it's like pause and take a breath mm. and like see where it lands. Like, are you breathing? And it's like, I can like sh- really shallow chest breathing or like, can you figure out how to like deep belly breathe? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause breathing into your belly is actually one of those regulatory nervous system things. So if you can access that, like, you can start to physiologically calm your body down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a Gaber Mate thing earlier this morning, and he was talking about how um, getting your three brains, your like brain, your heart, and your stomach all in sync. Mm-hmm. And I think if 
in using breathing, you can kind of check into those three places to try and get them on the same rhythm. Yep, for sure. Another piece of this, as you're like, we're making adjustments, asking for help, or trying to do things on our own, whatever space we're trying to make adjustments, our friends and family are gonna get a little weirded out that we're doing something different. Oh, so weird. And their nervous systems might go a little haywire, mm -hmm. and they might get worried about you, or mm -hmm. they might be upset that you're doing something different. Mm -hmm. How do you see people trying to manage their relationships while making changes for themselves? I think that has a lot to do with you doing your own inner work, right? Like knowing where your boundaries are and knowing where your strong points are um, and being able to say like, hey, I appreciate that you're worried about me. Mm -hmm. And if I need absolutely anything, I will come and ask you. Mm -hmm. Um, something, uh, I've done business coaching. Mm -hmm. So like my business coach has also been like, there are some people whose energy, like you just can't bring with you. And like, if then you are just somebody that they don't, you're, they're just someone you don't talk to about mm -hmm. these changes that you're making right now until you feel like you're in a more solid space mm -hmm. that you can handle whatever that is. Mm -hmm. But otherwise it's just like, oh, my project's going great. Thanks. Mm -hmm change of subject, mm -hmm. right? Whatever, whatever that project is. Yeah, and it's not about stonewalling somebody or no, icing somebody out or not, not being honest. Um, it's about making some internal changes and being pretty confident in those and bringing in the people that you know can track with you. Mm -hmm. And then when you're a little stronger, then opening it up further. And it's not about ruining the relationship or anything like that. It's about making sure that you can manage the relationship through these changes. Yeah, I think about it as like building your own internal infrastructure so you can handle whatever kind of forces they might give you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, this is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Go. <laughs> a friend of mine has a really old house and he's been um, what he's called saran wrapping the house since it's been raining, which I know that it can't be what he's actually doing. He's, <laughs> My house is really old. It could be. <laughs> yeah. Like, because he's like, the woods, like, it's uh, expanding too much with uh -huh. all of the rain that we're getting. Um, and so laughing hysterically over brunch as I'm hearing the story. But similarly, like, the structure of the house isn't strong enough to handle all of the rain that's coming. And so he's having to do saran wrapping. Uh which I, who, who knows how well that's working, but it's kind of a good metaphor for if you're not doing the work at, before you bring somebody in, you're gonna do these kind of like ad hoc things that aren't really gonna work all of that well. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. How does this show up, like being the strong one, differently for queer people or BIPOC people or not the traditional like white straight American? I feel like I feel like queer and BIPOC people are often expected to do like the emotional labor for a lot of a lot for a lot mm -hmm. a lot um, and so 
it, it turns into like, even if this is an invasive question, even if this is, you know, a harmful kind of thing, like, I feel like if I don't show up in this space, then it reflects badly on my entire community mm-hmm. of whatever. And so like having to, or, you know, just, there are so many things that um, can be brought into like, uh, stigma. I said a stigmatism. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> that would be uh, a bad was somatic effect if stigmatism started happening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Couldn't even hold that. <laughs> um, you bring it like so many stigmas are put onto all of these things, and I think that that we internalize those things um, into our own psyche. Like we, we have to combat them all the time, right? So having to stay strong in that sense, like, because you're fighting, you're fighting it constantly. Mm-hmm. So y- you have to, or not have to, but like you, you feel that you have to be that. Mm-hmm. In addition to whatever other family structure or career structure or anything else that gets put on on top of that yeah yeah that space of like being the representative for anybody who has shares some sort of identity with you mm-hmm. um, is really heavy and like a lot of like you're saying with like invasive questions like all of a sudden you're making a change and asking for help oh is and like the questions coming to your identity or your culture or anything like that. You're like, dude, I'm just doing some internal work to like not be so isolated and yeah. you're bringing in all of this other stuff. Yeah. It's like, that's part of me, but I am not trying to be the representative for mm-hmm. all of whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, I don't get a lot of the helpless one like people assuming I need the helpless thing unless I'm at Home Depot and I will try and go this just happened like last weekend and so I'm like fuming but I will go as like either androgynous or like masked out as possible to and headphones in and like the like don't fucking talk to me but I forgot my headphones and so many cis men came up to me and was just like oh let me help you saw this oh you need help loading that into the car. And I'm just like, one, trying not to punch them in the face. But this, it gets in your head of like, this is how people see me. This is how I present and like, how I think I present and how the world actually engages with me are very different people. Mm -hmm. And if that's happening all of the time, that self-doubt could come in there. And Mm -hmm. if that's happening because of race, culture, sexual, romantic identity, whatever, that just compounds and compounds and compounds. Absolutely. Yep. That's a really, that's a really good, <laughs> that's a really good example. Yeah. Yeah. I still want to punch the thing anyway. Um, As like a shares Home Depot story. So, yeah. What are, what's missing here? Like, what are some other ways Maybe let's ask this. How do you notice if you're in kind of one of these camps of learned helplessness or being the strong one? If this is something that you're like, 
huh, this, some of this kind of registers. What are some things to try and notice? I feel like if you're the strong one, like if we go to that end of the spectrum first, like does it make you uncomfortable to ask for help? Mm -hmm. Like, do you have trouble like trusting that other people can quote do it as well as you could, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then like what kind of stuff does that bring up for you? Um, if you're kind of on like the learned helplessness side, like do you feel, um, I guess, do you feel like a compulsion, for lack of a better word, to, to ask for help even when it's something that you already know, mm -hmm. right? Like, I've done this a thousand times. Why am I asking for help? Mm -hmm. Because it's my new pattern. Mm -hmm. There's an apology thing that can happen in here too. Oh, yeah. Like, Thank apologizing you. for every little thing all of the time, even if it's just like, small stuff offering a suggestion somebody asks you for help and then you apologize for offering information that you know yeah um this like struggle to take up space yeah definitely yeah one thing that i've noticed for me is a sign that i'm like we have gone too far into the strong one space is when everybody's coming to talk to me about what's going on for them um, in my personal life professionally obviously that's what i do different thing uh, <laughs> but in my personal life but people stop asking how i am and part of that tells me i'm not telling people how how i am and what's going on so that's my piece of it and the other pieces i've been in this place of being too open and to take on other people's stuff Mm. And the balance has gone off. Interesting. Yeah. I think mine shows up differently. Mm. When I'm being, when I'm very holding on to being the strong one, everyone starts to ask how I'm doing mm. because it shows that I am not asking for help. Mm -hmm. Like, I look like I haven't slept in four days. I am, <laughs> I am short with people. Like, yeah. 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 Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, what else are we missing in this space? This is, I mean, we're just doing a skim across the surface. Yeah. We're probably missing a ton of things sure. in my, mm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a brief overview about how being the strong one can affect your mental health, um, things to look out for. Please, in the comments, um, DM us, how does this show up for you? Um, this is really personalized as we're talking about. Um, and it's important to share those things. So we'd love to hear more about it. Um, we will be back next week. And on top of it, if you're messaging us and you want to hear about something specific, um, let us know. We'd love to hear it. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's topic. Leave a comment below or email us at communications at Open Space Therapy Collective. You can follow us on all of the social medias. And if you're in California looking for a therapist, visit our website at openspacetherapycollective.com and book a free intro call with one of our therapists to see if we are the right fit for you. My Therapist is Out is an Open Space Therapy Collective podcast. Our therapists are Kristen Crow, Debbie White, and Renee Johnson. Clinical consultant, Jenny Nigro. Communications coordinator, Riley Andreessen. Marketing consultant, M. Issa Messaging. Administrative assistant, Mirza Ruiz. And our podcast editing is done by Smash and Grab Studio.